Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University, a company focused on the training and development of specialists and coaches. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Episode 33 of the podcast welcomes Coach Kevin Moritis, head coach for Valley State, a post-grad program in Orlando, Florida. Coach Moritis has coached football for over 25 years in both high school and college winning multiple Florida high school state championships with St. Thomas Aquinas and and serving as a volunteer coach at FAU. He is an annual staff member for the Spiral Tropic Bowl, the All-American Classic, and he is the founder of Defense University. Coach Moritis, it's a pleasure having you on the show. How are you doing today? Doing great, Dan. Thanks for having me. Um, Looking forward to today and getting to talk about some football and our program and having some fun. Yeah, I think I met you indirectly at one of the Spiral or All-American, All-American games as those used to be held in Daytona Beach, Florida. I saw you had an Aquinas shirt on that day, and I had to go introduce myself because I I knew the program. I grew up in Florida as well. And uh, ever since then, you know, we've had a friendship and and you moved around a lot of places. You're very mobile, as, as, as you'll probably explain, and what you do off the football field as well. But it's just been an honor and a privilege to uh, to call you a friend and, and just to learn more about what you do on a day to day basis. Um, I want to start by congratulating you on 21 signees that you had in this 2021 class at Valley State. Valley State is one of the newest football programs in the United States. And as mentioned in the introduction, it is a postgraduate program. Can you share about Valley State, its purpose, and your plans for the program moving forward? Yeah, uh, Valley State is a postgrad program. And for those that don't understand what a postgrad is, we take high school seniors that had uh, great issues or no uh, offers, and we give them a chance to play one more season. It's like uh, our version of a last chance you. They come in, they play 10 games, they get filmed, they get re-recruited. And being with the Tropical Bowl, the FCS Bowl, our owner, Mike Corte, has a lot of contacts. And we had schools coming down, even in the COVID year, just to check out our players. We promote them. They go to class. Now, the ones that came from out of state took courses at a local community college from where they're from. Or if they were from here, they all went to Valencia. Our guys were anywhere from 2-3 to 2-7. And the 21 that went in took it seriously. 
Um, they knew where I was from and I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to lie to them. I was going to tell them, Hey, I'm not helping you get recruited unless you start improving your grades. And all 21 went over 3.0 at Valencia or the community college where they're at. The highest was a three, seven. Wow. And he had the lowest. He was a two, two, but him and I had a, you know, a come to Jesus moment during the season where I had to tell him that you weren't even started for St. Thomas's JV, let alone the varsity. And he took that pretty hard because no one's ever talked to him like that. And I thought the next practice, he wouldn't show up. He came early and just turned it on, became a better player, a better person. And now he's in uh, Edgar Waters. Over in Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, It's not funny. It's actually unfortunate. But I've noticed, and I coached high school football for 12 years, and I, I noticed that a lot of the most talented kids that I had on my teams oftentimes uh, thought that they were going to be an exception to the rule of grades. And they thought that the talent was just going to trump the grades. And, oh, they'll overlook a couple of things because of my ability to make an impact right away. And the unfortunate truth is the NCAA and, and college coaches that abide by those rules don't care. You must. The first thing you told me that you ask a kid or a coach uh, of a potential prospect at Valley State is, I want to know what his grades look like. Give me his transcript. That is the first thing I have to address. So with that being said, I've noticed high school coaches, you know, they're overwhelmed. You've been a part of high school programs, very good high school programs. And these high school coaches are asked to do a lot. They wear a lot of hats per se. Um, And I think that recruiting is oftentimes the last thing on these coaches' minds because they want to win. They want to, you know, get the kids eligible, all these things to to win now. And I think that sometimes it's put off to the side, the assistance and helping these kids see seniors per se transfer on and and move on to the next level. Uh, Changes in NCAA recruiting are ongoing. Every year there's something new or there's something brought back. And it's often hard for these coaches in high school to keep up. So with that being said, what is your opinion of the role of a high school football coach in his players' recruitment? I think a head coach should take an active role in helping his kids get recruited. I've heard a lot of horror stories since this program started last year where kids were just left to the side because they weren't part of the head coach's uh, clique or they just came transferred in, they weren't with that crowd, and it, it's ridiculous. If you're going to be a high school head coach, you should take care of all your players. Now, are all of them going to get to play at, at the higher level? No, but you should make sure they have grades enough to be successful in life, let alone football. As coaches, we spend so much time developing the athlete, we forget to develop the student. Uh, I've been at a couple schools where you couldn't start unless you were a 3.0. You could play, but you couldn't start. I think that's the best thing I've ever heard. Um you start that program in spring and you watch your kids compete for grades. If you teach your kids to compete for grades, they're going to compete for jobs. They're going to, it's everything's down the line. Yeah. You want to win now, but if you sacrifice a few years where you're going to lose because you're, you're holding your kids accountable, you're eventually going to win in the long run with kids that have degrees and a legacy that you've built because you put the athlete and the student first. And that's what it comes from. I mean, um, one of the things that happened to me this year is like, yeah, we're a post-grad. Do I want kids to come play for me? Yes, I do. But if you can get to college without me and I can help you do that, I'm going to do that. 
I had a kid that contacted me, uh, sent me his film. He was interested in coming and he's got a 3.6 GPA and 1150 SAT. And I'm like going, how are you not recruited? <laughs> and he gave me a little bit of the horror story of where, you know, he tra- his dad's a um, military guy transferred in, you know, he just got there, but his film's excellent. And not only did this kid put his film up of what his position he played, he put up special teams. He said, I love, you know, I'm like, okay. So I said, let me help you here. I said, with a 3.6 and a 1150 SAT, you qualify for any HBCU with a 3.0 and a thousand SAT. I sent him the list of all the schools. He, con- he, he took the two weeks to contact him, found the school that he could go to, and then got a full ride to Alabama State. He called back. His mom was crying. She goes, you know, you could have taken this money from us and let him come there. I go, that's not my job. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to make sure your kid goes to school and for your program. And now he's a set. So helping kids to get out, yeah, coming from St. Thomas, there's not much hard work there. Colleges are there every day in spring. You know, they average 28 kids D1 a year, you know, and that's fine. But I've been in public schools where no coaches come. So you have to promote and you got to help your kids, help them with the huddle, teach them how to do a good social media page, so it's not, doesn't look like they're coming from, uh, you know, they just came out of prison. And, you know, <laughs> some of those kids put some funny stuff up on there, man. And, you know, I always play them the, the Scott Frost interview of what he looks for and how, how coaches check that out. And they, they see it. And 99% of the kids change their social medias after they read, they see that interview with Scott Frost, you know. So you got to help your kids not only be good athletes, got to help them be good students. And if you're not doing both, you're not doing, I don't feel you're doing your job hundred percent. I couldn't agree more because I, you know, I, I think that a lot of these players, um, they hear about the importance of grades, but it's usually thrown into a, a raw, raw speech in, at the end of practice. But I, I, I'm a firm believer that words are powerful, but action followed up by the words is the only way things get done. And I think the action in, in prioritization of grades and showing the importance of these these grades and the academics is it's got to be evident throughout the, it's got to permeate through the staff. It's got to be the, the assistants. It's got to be the trainers. It's got to be everyone reminding them, Hey, you're on a campus. You're at a school. You're, you're by chance playing football and representing the school, but you're not going to leave here and go on somewhere bigger and better unless you you're, you're active in school first. And um, there's seven and a half hours in a school day prior to going out in the football field what are you doing for those seven and a half hours? I'm not asking you to, to read for six hours and 30 minutes. And no, but I am asking you to be present, to sit close to a teacher, establish a rapport. There's so many things we can do outside of the actual studying to get good grades. Teachers will pull for a kid, even a student athlete, even if they're not a fan of athletics, if in fact that student athlete goes to class every day, is kind, is conscientious, asks good questions, nods their heads, does their homework, and puts forth effort. So I know I probably ruined this question, but I want you to elaborate on that a little bit. Can you share your thoughts on how kids can avoid being an academic liability? Well, the first thing I learned when I first got into coaching was my first spot, the head coach used to hand out a a chart on how you could be recruited with your grades percentage of each one. Uh, if you were a, a C student, 2%, you know, and it moved right up. And he also gave up um, schools that for their scores. So 
we have coaches for everything. Find a recruiting coach. It doesn't have to be a guy that, you know, it could be a young student, a young GA for a high school program that wants to get in and help, help out, but have them monitor their players. Hey, listen, your grades are sliding. You're not doing good in this class. What can we do for that class? Um, I got to one of my other schools I was at, the smarter kids, like we had kids on the team that were all A's and B's. So they started a study group to help the kids in the same classes move their grades up. So we made a, a whole thing of being competitive in class. If you're competitive in the field, how can you not be competitive in the class? Where's your, you know, you want to talk about you're the best DB in the country. How about being the best student? No, yeah. that's, you know, I remember kids telling me, well, that's not really cool. I go, well, I guess you want to work, you know, in the grocery store or hang out, work in a gas station. Football never, football ends for all of us. And they don't yeah. understand that. Football ends. They just, and you're right. They think that, oh, well, this school is going to overlook it. And I always laugh when the kid, when the kid says to me, well, you know, coach, can you guys at Valley State get me into Alabama? And I'm like, well, I can get you to the state, but I ain't getting you into the school because if you didn't get a power five offer in your last three years, you're not getting one now. You know, yeah. I said, I, you know, Nick Saban's not going to show up at Valley State uh, at our field with his helicopter to come get you. It's like, be, be real with the kids, tell them the truth. And, Tell them, hey, if you're not doing A, B, and C, you're not going to have the goal that you want to have. If you could set a goal to train and spend money on trainers and spend money on going to camps, how about spending money on a tutor? Well, I'm not really good in that class. Get a tutor. You know, it's there's a lot of avenues. I said, you just spent $1,000 on an iPhone 11. You could have spent that $1,000 on four or five tutoring classes or it would have covered you for the whole year. It's, it's what's important to you. And then they blame everybody else but themselves. And that usually drives me nuts. But they know it doesn't go far with me because I just, you know, I'm one of those people that just tell them the truth and say, hey, listen, I'll see you. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll see you when you're waiting at my waiting for my breakfast at Denny's. And they, and they go, coach, don't say that to me. That's not nice. Well, someone's got to tell you, you know, and it's the truth. You have to want to be a great student. And I know that's not sexy, you know, but it's the only thing that's going to get you to your goals. If you have goals and dreams of going to a four-year school and playing ball four more years and maybe getting a shot at an NFL look, if you don't have grades, no one's going to look at you. And if some jobs, when you get out of school, if you don't have a degree, you're not getting it, you know? Yeah. It's funny, it's because I'm 59 now, but when I was 50, just to prove a point to my students at the time, they all had an issue they can't take care of school. I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to roll back in school and get a two-year degree before you guys graduate high school. And they all laughed at me and said I didn't, couldn't do it. I got it done. <laughs> you know, I went and got an AA education. And I go, what? I'm a full-time nurse. I travel for my job. I'm a full-time coach. I'm a full-time dad. And I run a full-time defense university company and I still found time to go to college. So what's your excuse? Yeah. The next thing you know, everyone's GPA on the team rose quite significantly. So sometimes you have to be the example to show them, Hey, you can do something. I go, and I'm an old man. And I went and did it. Yeah. So oh, I love that. It's mindset. We talk about that often on the show is if, if, if your self-talk, prior to doing something new is I probably won't do it or I probably can't do it. It won't be done. No, 
and and I think you can attest to this as a head coach. Your your best students, your best academic performers are probably the most. Uh, how do I say this? They're probably the ones that really eat the film up and know how to break it down and analyze things and see tendencies and opponents. I think academics makes a better football player from an analytics side. Oh, definitely. And right. And then in the NFL, if you don't have the ability to be analytical, everyone's equal in ability. It's just those that know how to get from point A to point B in the most efficient manner. Right. Yeah. So I think school is, if you want to treat it like that, you can relate it to football, but it, it, you said it best. I mean, the average NFL career for those listening is 1.4 to 1.6 years, right? If you can make it to your first game of your fourth season, you might be that you might get a pension, but it's designed to get you in, get you out, bring, bring more new talent in. We'll keep a few of the very best to stick around like Aaron Rodgers. But a lot of these people are going to have to find what they're going to do for the rest of their life at 22 and 23 years old. And if you didn't take school serious, you're going to have to start from the very bottom of professional world. So I'm going to shift the focus a little bit back to what we talked about earlier. Uh, Johnny Hecker, uh, he's a punter for the Rams. He's given back a lot to kids that I work with, these young aspiring punters and kickers. They look up to Johnny. He's funny. He's obviously the best in the world at what he does. And he shared uh, one summer with my kids because this is when social media started becoming very prevalent. Twitter was the, the way to go with football recruiting a couple of years ago. And he sat the kids down. And he said, listen, the best quote I ever heard about the Internet is this. The Internet is written in ink, not in pencil. Twitter is a powerful recruitment tool, right? It, it can but it can hurt us as much as it can help us. So you mentioned that your staff will look at a recruit's Twitter presence from day one of them joining Twitter. When looking through a player's profile, can you share some things you've liked and perhaps some things that have turned you off from a potential athlete? Things I like is when the Twitter, um, since they're trying to be recruited, they find a way to be professional. You know, they've you can see that they ask an adult how to put it together. They have their link there. They have a, they don't have a really cheesy name. You know, they put together a good profile with their film, their grades. It has everything in it. And you go, wow, that kid really put the time and effort to put it in. And then his tweets are all nothing. You know, they're about sports. They, they may debate something. But you know what? Hey, they're kids. They could debate. But there's no animosity towards that debate. Hey, this is how I feel. And you go, that's a good kid. You, you know, he's, he's, he's learning something. Then you got the other ones that expect to, to get into a Division One program. And I'll never forget this one kid. I can't remember where he's from, but he's sitting on his profile with, with $100 bills like this, and he's got a gun in his pocket. And I'm like, dude, really? And, you know, I took the time because he followed me. I messaged him. I go, do you think this is the kind of profile you want college coaches to see? And his response was something I probably couldn't even say here, even on a radio show. But – I just, you know, deleted them. And then you then get the kids that you tell them, hey, listen, this is not the kind of profile you want to have for a college coach to look at. And then next time you go back, they change it. And I get a message, oh, thank you, coach. I didn't really realize it. You know, I go, that's your resume. <laughs> Do you want your parents to see that? Do you want your grandparents to look at that? You know, would you want a college coach that you want to play for that's trying to recruit you? Do you want them to see that? You know, and... Most kids, if you talk to them and give them the eye opener, they will change it. But then you have the ones that don't. But then they're the ones that could be hanging around the neighborhood for the rest of their lives. 
You know, you can help them all. You could try to help them all, but you could open the door, but they have to walk through it. And but the ones I like the most are the kids that are so professional. You know, they found a way to be professional. They respond to you in a nice manner. Thank you, coach. Appreciate it. You know, and that, and I like kids that do have a good sense of humor. You know, because I have absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing. I like what you said about debating and like showing personality you can do that but i think that twitter is the platform because there's several social media platforms right there's instagram there's snapchat i i could go on yeah there's 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 too many i think that kids and parents listening need to understand that people like you the coaches that are evaluating these profiles and and looking at the kid for who they are and what their personal brand is represented as I think it's very important to keep Twitter as your most professional these days if you're a student athlete because coaches are on it incessantly yeah. looking and trying to find both good and bad, right? You want to find the you want to find the fault. I hate to say that, but you want to find is this person going to be a liability in 6 months from now? I want to know. So you go back to the inception and I love that when I talked to you in pre-recording that you guys will do your due diligence. If there is in fact an interest in a particular student, you're going to go back to October of 2012 when he may have been in eighth grade and his activity was much different. So for those listening, you might want to go back on your wall or your profile and go back to the day one and see if there's any post or comment that doesn't accurately represent you currently, or that could hinder your chances of going to a place like Valley state. So I really, that was one of the big reasons I wanted to bring a guy like you on is to really reinforce the significance of your presence online. People are watching you. So that's a great point. Twitter should be your professional resume because that's where the most of the college coaches are. The rest of the stuff, you could be your own. Even an adult, make sure you're, you keep that one as a profession. You know, like I said, I, I like kids that have a sense of humor. I do have one. I got, I like wit, sarcasm. You know, some of the funny ones I saw yesterday, you know, because what's his name? Tebow's coming back. Maybe some of those kids that didn't even know he played college ball had me rolling with some of their comments about how they, how's he getting a job? And, and it just cracked me up. And I'm like, that's a cool kid. That's a kid I would like to talk to. And we're allowed to have fun. I, and I don't want to be misleading here. I, I don't want them to think this is, this is something that's too serious because I do think that it's important to show a personality. If you have some wit, if you, if you're hanging out with a family that day, it doesn't have to be just about football. However, be very conscientious that uh, holding cash, like you mentioned before, you had a kid that was holding up thousands of dollars. Um, he's 17. How is he making that kind of money? You know? So th these types of things, are eye-opening and will turn people like you off quickly, if not instantly, right? Um, so I have a final question, a little, yeah, a little more, a uh, little lighter subject, I guess, but but a very important one. Uh, you've coached on several championship teams. You've been a part of something that very few people have. Very few people have won a, a, a championship in anything, let alone a state title in Florida. Um, everyone, though, they want to be a champion, right? Everyone's like, I want it. I want it. I want it. But what I've realized is there are very few that are even willing to do what it takes to become one, right? So could you share some characteristics that you believe to be essential in becoming a champion? Becoming a champion takes a lot of um, self-discipline. You got to be disciplined to do it. You're going to have to 
push out any other distractions that keeps you away from your goal. If you have, I have to use St. Thomas as the, as the crowning jewel, is those kids compete every day. They hang with each other every day. They want to be the best. They push each other in practice. They push each other off practice. They play multiple sports. I love kids that play multiple sports. Amen. I grew up playing football, hockey, and lacrosse, and my, it went circular. I was never not doing something. I, you would very rarely find me at a party on a Friday night. And if I did go, I planned it out. I went to the kid's house. The party started at 8 o'clock. I showed up at 8.30, walked through the house, said hello to everyone, and worked my way back out. And I was out of the house within an hour. But yet, when you get to school, everyone says, oh, he was there all night. Sure. When I was only there for an hour. So I found ways to not get involved with that. I never kept a serious girlfriend because they don't know your grind. You know, mm. when you're going for football practice, then you got to go to hockey practice. And hockey practice was long. And when you go play the cross, you don't have time for that. Champions are so self-disciplined. They're so single-minded and focused that all they can think about is winning. And then when you win one in high school and you're a freshman, you have three more years to win another one. And you're with the same group that just won one. So the chances of you winning three more are pretty good, you know, because that's part of the three-peat at St. Thomas. And those guys were together since youth football. So they won there, and now they're winning here. And the coaches have to enforce that. You know, we coaches want to win. We had a great coaching staff. I mean, former NFL players on the staff that knew how to win. And once you win and have a taste of what winning is like, you don't want to do anything else. If all this work that you put in to win got you there, you're not going to change your routine. Once you have a routine of winning, it doesn't change. So even when you went to – guys play basketball. The basketball has the same kind of um, culture. If your culture is good, you're going to win. And that's how, it gets, that's how it gets started. And then when you're around a bad culture, you know you're not going to win. I've been to places where we had to turn around a program. We did it in one year. So we turn it around. So the AD, thing, AD, you know, comes in, a new AD comes in. He brings his friends in and all the guys that turn the road program are gone. You know, cause I've never been a teacher. I just volunteer for football. And once I got to the private school system it was completely different. They want you to stay. They value you. They want you to be part of it and help them win. And winning is all inside you. If you want to win, you're going to get it done. If you're going to be up like, how many times is it, uh, you know, we started practice at six o'clock in the morning. That means you're going to be up at five to be ready to go to practice. Your parents got to be all in because they got to take you to practice by six o'clock in the morning, you know, so we don't, you're not getting blistered in the heat, but it's what you want. If you want to be great, you'll put the work in to be great. You won't say, oh yeah, I'm going to be at the gym at two o'clock and then show up at three because that's not what champions do. Once you have a, a bunch of kids that lead your best leaders should take control of the team. And whenever they do, everybody else will follow. Just like they'll follow bad kids, you know, sure. follow the good ones, do what they do. And you watch how your, your life and everything else changes. Once you're around winners, you know, there's nothing better. There really isn't more doors open up for you. You know, how many people want to talk to you because you played on a championship team? Lots of them, yeah. you know, and it helps you down the road too. Oh yeah. I played for that school. Oh really? And people want to know you because you were at that school. 
they don't want to know the guy that went 0 10 for four years in his high school career. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I I learned that this very thing at Miami, you know, University of Miami, when I was there, we were we were the standard for a couple of years. You know, we were bringing we were bringing the, the cream of the crop and Butch Davis did a fantastic job recruiting both the best talent and the best people. I think he was very mindful of this. The Santana Mosses and the Dan Morgans and the Reggie Waynes and Ken Dorsey's, these were high character people. Vince Wolfer, high character. Um, we had a couple of knuckleheads, but there was 120 of us. Um, I imagine at St. Thomas, there was a couple of kids that needed extra love and that extra support. Yeah. But I love, I love what you said. Essentially, what you said is winning and success and championship mindset is contagious, just like losing, right? Yeah. It's, it's a matter of who you choose to surround yourself with. It's a matter of, and I always say this to my, my young high school kids, you are the five people you surround yourself with most. You're a product of them from the way they respond to negativity to how they handle success. You are going to be them because you are them. You're around them. That's your tribe. That's your pack, whatever you want to call it. So I think it's very, very important, like you said, to find a culture of winning and then find your place in that culture and challenge yourself on a daily basis to help that culture move forward and grow. That is like the most important thing. I mean, I remember one time when uh, one of the schools I was at, we, we finally lost. You know, it was a while, but we lost. So the kids are all miserable and crying. I go, well, we got a lesson today. They're like, well, coach, we should have done this. We should have done that. We should have done this. I go, well, how we deal with losing is just as important as how we deal with winning. Yep. You know, you can, use, you can sit here and cry like most of you are doing right now, or you can learn from this. Get the film. See where your mistakes were made. How do you get better that you don't let this happen? Now, you know, at the time, we told the kids, if you don't attack this team, they're here to beat you because this is their Super Bowl. And, of course, you know, as teams do, they'll play down to their talent. Yeah. And that was our chance. And guess what? They learned from it. They came back to practice. Even the kids who were always late were always all of a sudden on time after we had a loss. You know, they found a way to get to practice on time. And the rest of the season, we just walloped everybody. And it's because we had a winning culture. We don't yell and scream at kids. I can't, I can't, that really bugs me. There's always the loud coach, which is fine, but you can't demean them. You have to tell them what they did wrong. Yeah. And one of my favorite things is like, I can't expect my players to be great if I'm not out there trying to be great myself. I go to clinics. I go talk to other coaches. I never think that I know everything. And there's times when people tell me, hey, man, I saw your game was really good, but I'm sitting there like, really? I don't think so. I was there. And they're like, no, you did a great job. And it's like, yeah, because this past year I had to take over the offense. And I'm a defensive guy. And all of a sudden our offense is putting up over 400 yards a game, scoring points. And I'm like, well, I know it beats an, a defense. So, But I don't think like an offensive coordinator is supposed to think. I just put plays together that I think will work. And the kids are like looking at me going, Coach, but it works. you know. And the kids had faith in you because you're willing to try. Lead. That's why I always tell coaches, just lead. If you're a position coach, be the best position coach there ever was. Yeah. You know, if you're a coordinator, be the best coordinator you are that you could be. Find something that fits your team. Don't try, you know, don't go out there and see like <laughs> one of my friends asked me the other day if he should run a spe specific type of offense. I said, What kind of kids do you have? And of course, they're all slow, big. They're, these are guys from the Midwest. I have because I travel with my job, so I get, I get coaches all over the country asking me for help. 
I go, run a power eye. You don't have you don't have the horses to run a spread. I said you could do some principles of it, but you don't have that. Yeah. So, oh, you don't you know I just went to this clinic. I go, that's a clinic from a coach that's been doing that for a long time. Find three or four plays that you like and add that into what you do. Don't take his whole playbook because it's not going to fit your team. So long story short, at the end of the season, I said, hey, how'd you guys do? He goes, oh, we went eight and one. There you go. I said, that's not too bad. He goes, they cut off the playoffs because of the virus. But he said, we went eight and one. I go, what'd you do last year? He goes, oh, and 10. I go, I said, what'd you do that was different? He goes, you know, because I'm older than him. He goes, you kind of remind me of my dad, coach. And I, I just did what you told me to do. I just added a few things in and did what we did best. And it made the kids happier. It made the, you know, the, the parents happier and the school was much happier with the result. I said, that's what you do. Yeah. Do what fits your kids. You know? Well, I appreciate you too. You know, I don't think I've ever told you this, but I've seen you at Nike clinics and, and, and just like I mentioned, all American games, all, all sorts of stuff, football related. And the one thing I did notice about you, because I'm observant, I love watching coaches coach. And one thing I'm learning as I get older um, is the importance of letting the athlete or athletes in front of you, they have to know you care first. You actually care about them. They don't really care what you know yet. Right. And, and I know the cliche quote is they don't know what, they don't care what you know until they know that you care, but it is very, very true. Yes. You're going to be, you're going to be way less efficient with your time and theirs. If you are demeaning or belittling them, embarrassing them in front of their peers, all they're going to do is resent you. And most often they're going to ignore you. Yes. They're, they're going to let you talk and let you think they're listening, but they're all they're doing right in their head is saying, man, screw this guy. Right. And I'm learning that coach. And I, and I, I think you're a great example. You've modeled that behavior very well. And it, it, it really stuck with me. So I thank, thank you for that. And I want to thank you for joining the show. Uh, would you mind sharing with the audience, how they can connect with you on social media? Um, they can find me on Twitter. It's Coach Kev at Defense University. Um, I'm on Defense University on Instagram. I always putting up film on there, you know, drills, film, quotes. And um, anytime you want to contact me, it's Defense University at Gmail. You know, um, I have a defensive uh, coaching group on Facebook, Defense University Coaching Academy. Join. I've got files of like a couple almost a thousand playbooks and drills. So they're all free to download. I don't charge anybody anything. Just come get it, download it and use it for your team, yourself, whatever makes you want to get better. Cause that's why I always say you got to get better. Every day is a new day, learn something new and uh, become great at what you do and make sure your kid, your greatest reward is when your kids could show you that they're a degree pitcher. You know, that's what I collect, you know? Amen. No, I, and you do, you have quite the extensive library and I, I like how you, it's not just all just you talking. This is my drill. What, what you do is you find a great drill at any level that was done well. And you're like, look at this. This is how it's attacked. This is how you do this. This is what you should focus on here. It's, 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 it's an extensive, extensive library of defensive stuff. And please keep that up. I, I know sometimes we as contributors to social media don't realize that people are watching, but I am. I'm not a defense guy at all, but I have a lot of respect for what you do. And I actually learn, you know, like I can learn through a 13 second D line drill. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. I see what they're doing here. 
so thank you again. It means a lot to everyone here at Fourth Down Focus that you were able to share a little bit about your story and uh, especially Valley State. Uh, please give us a five-star rating, a review, subscribe to the show, and share it with a friend. If you have questions related to the podcast, suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you just have feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. My website is fourthdownu.com. That's 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U.com. And my social media on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at fourthdownu. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm at Dan Space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thank you again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. And I hope 2021 is treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.